0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Greg Peterson here, and welcome to the 315th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together educating and inspiring you to become part of your food revolution. Healthy food is something that everybody wants. Delicious and nutritious and right outside your own door is even better. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or visit Iwanttogarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is actively doing her part to encourage the food revolution. We're talking to returning guest Leanne Phillips about off-grid natural living. Leanne, creator of Wisdom Uzavat, is an organic lifestyle and holistic health educator and an inspired advocate for creating clean, deeply nourishing food. She extends this into a full organic lifestyle and teaches classes in living foods, gardening, essential oils, and more. Wisdom Uzavat is an off grid 34 acre food forest and full spectrum natural living demonstration site that was born in January of 2017. Leanne feels that humanity is in an unnecessary place of stress and decay, and that we are being called to embrace that aspect of ourselves that is simplicity and wisdom. Welcome back to the show, Leanne. Are you ready to rock?
1: Oh, yes, I am.
0: Excellent. <laughs> So we got to know you when you joined us almost 300 episodes ago for podcast number 32 back in January of 2016 when you talked about organic living environments. And I just shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today since then?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Things have come about in very specific ways. I feel very honored to be here and very honored to be talking with you for all the help that you're giving to people. I'm in the same place because I feel that it's time for humanity to reach out to other aspects, other people on the planet, and really help support them to create a better world for everybody here. I took some interesting paths. I used to live in Cave Creek, and I decided that I wanted to do, I'd always wanted to do an earthen building project. So I started having volunteers, um, basically people through the wolfing site or people that I know, come and stay there and create this mud hut over the course of four years. And after running that program for four years, I realized, you know what? I really want to do a lot more. I want to do something to where I can create a much bigger orchard, where I can create a space for more people to come, do something more expanded on that. And it it was challenging getting that mud hut done. It's this cute little round hut with a reciprocal roof. It was amazing how it turned out. But after that, I realized, you know, where I was at. Didn't have the water supply that I wanted. I was on a well that didn't produce that high. The climate in that area was a little bit warmer than I really wanted. And I felt distracted with keeping up with two mortgages. So I'm not where I want to be right now. And Mm -hmm. I decided to sell my house. I decided to sell some other things and just liquidate, get out from under debt. And look for something that would work for me, that would meet the parameters that I wanted, which was an area that was a higher elevation, but not so cold, because I'm not a big fan of cold. You know, Prescott's too cold for me. Oh, yeah. So is Flagstaff. So I wanted something kind of in between around 3,000 feet elevation. I was looking for a place that had soil, because there's a lot of Arizona that is rock and caliche. Oh, yeah. So you need to find something that has some topsoil on it, at least a portion of your land, to be able to grow. And then, obviously a supply of water that is actually good for growing because some areas have more saline water or just not much water available. So it took me a little while to find where I'm at, but it happens to be over 10 miles on a dirt road. Oh, wow. <laughs> the reality is quite a change when you have to drive a significant way out of town and then go 10 miles on a dirt road. A matter of fact, when I first went out there, it was I bought it in January of 2017. And we were still, that was that rainy time that we had that lasted all the way through spring. Yep. I even had one time where I was trying to leave because I'm like, I think the road's gonna get too muddy for me to go back in town and I kind of need to go back in town soon. So I actually went out when it was just starting to rain again and I got stuck on the road in in the dark. So that was an interesting experience. Anyway, it all worked out, it all worked out, but things happen and you, you get used to living out and off the grid. And my passion inside is to become more in balance myself and share that with people. But also many years ago, I had the information. It's like in this country, we're approximately 3% of the world's population consuming 30% of the world's resources. Right. And that to me is totally unacceptable for me in my life. And I'm I'm gradually going to a place where, and I think it will be quite doable where I'm going to be consuming under 1% of the world's resources and living very, very much happier than I ever have. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I'm heading towards. And, you know, because I've taught so many foods classes, taught gardening, taught natural remedies work with reflexology and a lot of health modalities. And I'm there's so much to share. And I've always kind of synergized with a bunch of well-informed people. So I just keep, it's like the wisdom cycle just keeps growing. And all the challenges that the universe bring up are like, okay, this is another step along the way. But since I've started the project, now it had fencing, you're talking about 34 acres that had fencing on three sides. That's it. Uh-huh. That's it. So it started with renting a backhoe and tractor to cut a road in. There's no road. It happens to be an old pistachio field, most of it. So so most of them died off, Mm -hmm. but there's a few that I'm going to try to revitalize. So I went from learning how to do that because I'd never operated a tractor and a backhoe in my life. (laughs) So being put with those types of things to camping out there and having different things come up camping out there because there wasn't anything else trying to get some things done and then kind of putting myself in a pressured position because I anticipated buying the property and I had placed a fruit tree order just because I anticipated buying it. Uh-huh. I had to wait for another property to close, but I'd already paid for the fruit trees. <laughs> yeah, bare root season, you know, it's once a year and that's right. it, you know, January. So I had purchased a good lot of fruit trees. So right off the bat, I didn't have a well, and I had fruit trees to plant. So it fortunately rained a lot, and I had to go down to a few areas that weren't very far away that had some water and bucket water to settle the trees in. And I had over 100 trees. (laughs) So it was just very, very interesting persisting through that. And Mm -hmm. and now all sorts of things have happened. I have one of those big metal storage boxes, which has been partially converted. I got the well going, but I actually... Dropped my own well pump with some help from some people. Wow. Yeah, I set up my solar panels. I just It's just the people came in at the times when I really needed help. And the rest of the time, I was just out there kind of doing what I could on my own. So I went into the summer. I moved out there as my main residence in April. I had a generator (laughs) As as, as far as power because my solar system, my first solar system was set up specifically to run the well. Uh So I had water, and I had a generator, and I made do until I finished the base power system, which took all sorts of things which I didn't anticipate, and that got completed the end of August. So that's when I now have a refrigerator and some other things. But my thing is to start to share with people this process and having experienced all these phases that I've gone through, how to simplify it, how to make it work and how to start to live off the grid and not need much electricity. I've started the process of setting up earth sheltered rooms. Uh-huh. Cause the earth's temperature, a lot of people don't know this, the earth's temperature six feet down is approximately 65 degrees.
0: Oh, isn't that cool?
1: Yeah, it's cool. And I actually haven't even tested it, but I put in a geothermal line on my metal storage box. I have 200 feet of geothermal line that, we're put, that, that I put in attached to that. So I'm going to test it out this winter when the temperatures start to really drop out there to uh-huh. what extent that 65 degree air will help warm the inside in the evening. But I actually have some dugout areas that are going to be turned into living spaces. So that's, I'm trying to, I'm gradually figuring out all these ways to create off-grid where you just don't need much power. Right. And that's my goal because even though I set up a a solar system, it's got eight batteries, the controllers, the chargers, all the things. And I've learned more about how to not have it drain energy and use it properly. I've never had it bottom out because of the way I'm living, Mm -hmm. but I also want to create something where... I really don't need much of it. You know, it's kind of a nice thing to have, but your basic needs are already taken care of. Right. So I love YouTube videos. I continually educate myself. So there's certain things that I really like about having power. I like having a refrigerator.
0: Oh yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and I like having my satellite internet. It's like, so there's certain things that I'm really enjoying, but the thing for me is that I want to know how to create, I want to know how to pump water without electricity. hmm you know, without a solar system. So these things that I've kind of done some research on and or w- will be experimenting with later. But the foundation is still that when you put yourself in an environment like that, where it's quieter, where you're not rushing around like I was in my previous life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not rushing around so much. I started a garden, but I'm still kind of working on that aspect of it. There's something about Just creating those systems and understanding that, okay, now you're gonna, the the intention is to grow all of your food and have it cycle through the the year so that now you have fresh food coming in continually. And I know you know a lot about this. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about there. But also, in addition to that, with my background, I'm sharing with people how to prep food and create things. To where you actually assimilate things better because oftentimes people aren't even getting as much out of their food because they don't know about different ways to work with their food to create better assimilation in their body. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's things that I kind of work with which are not very standard. Some things are standard and some things are not very standard. Right. For example, I'll give you an idea. When you go to pick a plant, plants actually sense the energies around them and they actually respond to the way they're handled, the way they're treated, the way they're appreciated. They feel it. When you go to pick that plant and you do it with that kind of energy, you now have something that's going to nourish you and not have kind of a little bit of a stress edge like what most people eat. So that changes the whole vibration of what you're putting in your body. Now, I do work with fermenting. I do work with sprouting. I do work with preparing things in ways of combinations and things as well. Right. But those types of factors, like, for example, I'd heard you mention that you've reduced your lectins in your foods program. Oh, yes. Well, stressing plants and bruising them create certain chemicals and lectins can be one of them. Yep, exactly. That's added to by processing plants commercially and your your standard ways of doing it. So I'm going to be teaching an organic gardening class in Wickenburg. And I wanted to create something fresh and new because I kind of stepped away from teaching for a little while through this whole process. Uh-huh. And I want to create something fresh and new. And it came into my mind. Oh, 21 reasons to grow your own food, to have your food for us. And you know what? It didn't take me long at all to come up with 21
0: reasons. (laughs) Nice.
1: And I'm going to have that list in the class. And I'm just going to share some of them in the class because I believe in simplicity in classes. I'll share some of them, but they're going to have a list of 21 reasons. Very valid In most people's spectrum, some of them are a little bit different, but very valid in most people's spectrums of information of why you would want to do that. So it's kind of like, well, what motivates you to get started? And that's really one of the most important things. What makes you make space for this to get started? And those are the types of things that I kind of want to really work with people on in my upcoming classes. I'm going to be looking for a location in the Valley as well. Uh Uh-huh. Perfect. As well as Wickenburg. Obviously, most people aren't going to want to drive 11 miles on a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. Some people might, but what I do have out there is I have had volunteer days. I have had volunteers come out, and that's been a great time. Great time come out. And matter of fact, I had volunteers come out and help plant the trees.
0: I was going to ask you about your tree orchard. How how are they doing? What did you plant out there? Because you know me. I'm a huge proponent of fruit trees.
1: Well, it was mostly fruit trees. I did plant some almonds. I had one variety that did great. I tried pecans. They all died. They were not happy. And then I heard that they were finicky. They are. But there again, they didn't get the perfect treatment, you know, in the beginning. Most of them did very well. I planted up some walnuts. The rest of them were all that. I probably had six varieties of apples. I really enjoy apples. Six or seven varieties of apples, some pears, some quinces, some persimmons, lots of plums, nectarines, peaches. Wow. I had I probably still have about over thirty varieties right now going.
0: And how are they doing?
1: Most of them are doing very well. It was probably I had I had some damage in the beginning because the cattle came in before I added another fence line. Mm and this was comical because I would bought deer repellent bags to repel the deer, right? and I didn't know how it would work for the cattle, and the company declined telling me anything about that, but the cattle loved them. It actually attracted the cattle. The cattle <laughs> were breaking <laughs> off my fruit trees at the grass. So I had to take them all off and shoo the cattle away. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But bottom line is there's been series of things that have kind of dwindled some numbers on them. I did have some that kind of went in the summer heat.
0: Yeah, that'll happen.
1: Yes, and I noticed which varieties did that. Sometimes it was a whole group of a certain type Mm -hmm. that just didn't like it. But overall, I probably have 75 to 80% of what I planted is still there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and all things considered, there was no mulch put in the holes. They went in the ground, clay dirt, and most of them look very good. A few look a little iffy still, but that's not the majority.
0: That's the learning process. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I'm driving up to your property. I just spent 10 and a half miles on the road and I'm coming into your space. So there's obviously a few fruit trees there. Tell me about what the space looks like. If you drove up to your house, what, what are we looking at here?
1: You see a couple big green 2,600-gallon water storage tanks. Oh, Those stand out more than anything. The 40-foot metal high cube is partially buried in the ground. Uh-huh. You see it, but it doesn't stand out like they typically do. And I'm actually going to be doing things to where you really don't even notice it. So you barely see the fruit trees because they're young. Oh, yes. I have some things stored out there that haven't been organized, so there's some piles of supplies. I actually brought in some used piping. I've been bringing in some rolls of fencing, other things. So there's some supplies uh-huh. dotted around. And then the other thing that stands out is the solar panels. Oh. Because I did put them on a mound. I didn't spend the money to put them in a fancy rack thing that you lot of people buy Uh they're they're on a mound so they do stand out so you will see the solar panels so the solar panels the water tanks and then the upper portion of the metal high cube and a few some piles of supplies and things that i'm Mm -hmm. using now what you do notice as well is the original land because it was a pistachio field has Old pistachios dotted in rows here and there, whatever ones didn't die out, uh-huh. as well as scrub mesquite trees, bushes, and random other things. It's very, very pretty to me, but it still looks kind of scrub deserty to some degree.
0: Yeah, you're in the high desert. That's what you're going to get there.
1: Right, right. It's beautiful, beautiful. When you drive in, there's beautiful granite mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm drive in on the dirt road, if you don't mind dirt roads, you will see cattle. There is a cattle ranch behind me. Mm-hmm. So typically there's cattle roaming around, not huge numbers, but there's cattle, Right. cattle ponds, a little teeny trickle stream. Yeah. So I'm looking to do total magic on the place, so to speak, and reforest this, meaning that I probably, I added a few more trees and I've added some cuttings. So I've probably gotten the starts for about 200 trees going. Oh, nice. At this point. And then I'm going to be adding some more cuttings and starts this winter. So I'm looking to reforest that place over time. That's one of my biggest things because, you know, through permaculture and basic, because I took a permaculture design course and you know that. So yes. yes, you, you were there. I'm looking to take the summer and make it a little bit cooler and the winter and make it a little bit warmer. So I know I can do it. And it's just over time.
0: Yeah. So what's your long-term vision for this space? It sounds like you're well-organized and moving forward. Do you want friends out there with you? What's your vision?
1: Yes. People that I may not have met yet. Meaning that at this stage, I am looking for a couple people that would like to come out there and work with me and be educated in the ways that I know and expand themselves beyond that and who knows what they're already capable of. And live there full-time, like I do, and then start being part of an education foundation, meaning that I've had wolfers come in, Mm -hmm. the work trade volunteers before. And I want to have people kind of cycle through there and stay for periods of time. I'm really looking to, once I have more accommodations, have run a four-month program where people just come in, they volunteer, they make a donation of their choice, and they experience the whole program which is natural living. And then they can go from there and decide what they want to do with their life. Because at this stage in my life, that's what I see the most value. And where I want to put my time into is to educate people because I know that I'm capable of being a much stronger, more, much more even vibrant than I am human being. And I have felt parts of that being out there. But I know that when you set up something that's that nurturing and set up with a true connection to nature, and you've really reduced the toxic load dramatically, that I feel like people would just naturally blossom into something that they're not familiar with, but that's amazing to live their life that way.
0: That was well said.
1: Thank you. So I'm happy to be there. I've had a lot of things go on, a lot of things that were delayed, a lot of things that created challenges at different times. Mm-hmm. I know that this is part of my initiation into the next phase of my life. And, and and because for me, you know, and I don't mind saying my age, you know, because I really want to encourage people. Mm-hmm. I'm almost 57.
0: You and I are the same age.
1: All right.
0: I'm almost 57.
1: Okay. At this stage, to be in a place where you're going, I'm doing it now. And so it doesn't matter. You know, you can be 16, you can be 80. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But some people think, oh, by the time I'm that age, I don't want to deal with that. I've had people tell me, you know, oh, I've always kind of wanted to do that. Well, what's distracting you? Yeah. What's distracting you if they've always kind of kind of wanted to do that and experience that? So I'm just going to, I'm going to be a demonstration. You've got to live it to be this demonstration.
0: Yeah. You've been out there for six months now. Mm-hmm. I want you to think back over the past six months. What one thing that happened that was a confirmation? Yes, this is why I'm supposed to be here. That... There was, you know, something epic happened, something that just moved you happened. Tell me about that.
1: It's a continuation. It's a continual cycle of me tuning into the silence and feelings in nature. It's the one thing that's continuing that I've touched in on in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I continue to touch in on being there. It's being in that cycle of experiencing that feeling where... Your perceptions and your mind are just different. Mm-hmm. You're you're in nature, it's quiet. Very recently I had what I call a security breach with the cattle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was out fixing fencing with a T-post pounder and T posts. I was out there at the end of the day. I come back and there was this almost deafening silence. And I'm like, wow. It's just the wow the wow of sometimes the way the sun hits the mountains behind me. It's just that wow feeling Yeah, just being there and just some days wanting to sing and just experiencing that vibrancy. And I know over time, it's just going to build and build and build. And I feel like that's something that every human being with, they were to experience that and feel that I've just felt like I'm, gradually becoming more and more animated as a person. It's just it, it's just amazing what's what's going on.
0: Yeah. So I, I live right in the middle of Phoenix. You know this. Most of my listeners mm-hmm. know this as well. And there's this hum that goes on in the city. Mm-hmm. About five years ago, I decided that I was going to move out of the urban farm for a year and let a friend of mine live here and she rented the place from me. And I moved to 91st Avenue in Peoria, which is still in the city, but it's out in a more rural part, definitely mm-hmm. suburban, might even be bordering on rural. And one of the things that was striking for me was how much quieter it was out there than it was here. And I'm talking quiet noise, but I'm also talking energetically quiet. So there's a, you know mm-hmm. a couple of different quiet's, and I. I can only imagine that there's not a lot of noise that goes on out there, and there's definitely no energetic noise going on out there. Tell me about those.
1: There is some noise, but most of the time, it's not there. The military actually does their maneuvers out there. So some mornings, you will hear the jets oh. for a period of time. You're going to hear a rumble for a little bit. Uh huh. You know, it's just one of those things that happens for a little while, different times of day. And then it goes away. You hear the train off in the distance, mm. which I, I actually love it because mm-hmm. it's about two miles away. Right. It comes through three to six times a day, roughly. I really enjoy that. You hear a few cars drive by going into the cattle ranch, and there's a few neighbors that have a little bit of animals that you sometimes hear a few things, but the spots in between are most of the time Yeah. where you don't hear much of anything. I mean, I remember I was sleeping outside outside most of the summer. The crickets, I would go to bed and I would hear crickets. And that's what put you to bed was the crickets. <laughs> nice. There's there's such an array of crickets out there. I mean, there are so plentiful with the crickets out there. I was just like, the crickets were what I would go to sleep by. The stars are gorgeous. Yes. I mean, I see the Milky Way. I mean, it's like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Most nights that's, yeah. that's there. And I really enjoy the smell of some of the bushes. Mm-hmm. So just Things that you kind of notice. And then there's things that have really challenged me. There's a lot of life out there. Well, there's a high population of yellow jackets. Oh. (laughs) I've never experienced anything like this. I had an outdoor kitchen set, sink set up. They would just come in and drive me nuts. And I'm like, okay, well, out here, you're going to need to put in a screened room if you're going to have a water source, because that's what they're coming for. Right. And so these things that you learn being out there, those are things you just modify. But I got to a point where I was just swatting yellow jackets like flies on different days. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's it. But I will actually do what what I did with them, what I did with the carpenter ants, because the whole property was a huge amount of carpenter ants. Uh And I gradually got out my, and you know about this, with ants, Amdro, and other poisons, and most of them are gone now. So with the Yellow Jackets, I'm going to scout out nests and do some things so that next year the population is significantly lower. Yeah. So those are things that you just do because you live there and you make adjustments along the way to make it a little bit more of a friendlier environment for what you want.
0: Well, I just want to acknowledge you. We've known each other for, what, 15 years? And I know that you've always had this out there as your vision. And all those times that we talked, the, that you, you know, when you were living in Cave Creek, and I could tell you weren't all that happy. One of the things I just really want to acknowledge you for was going for it. You know, you're creating this dream. And that I think that's a big part of what stops people. It's like, you know what? I have this dream, but I really can't do it. And you've had this dream and you're out there doing it. So congratulations. That is just so incredibly cool.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And you know, part of the program that I want to create is showing people, giving people like almost like a 10 step program on how to get to that place because. Anybody can do it. You just have to configure it differently. Right. And when you realize that, and you've seen a group of people already do it, it becomes easier. We are, by nature, herd animals. We are brought through by the tendencies of people. So the more people that do that and work with people and make it successful over time, whatever it takes for them, everybody's journey is different. The more that steamrolls. And I just want to see humanity happy. And that's not what I'm seeing a lot of humanity living right now.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again on the show, Leanne.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: Well, the the main thing is I just started a new website. It's under construction, but it has the contact pages. It has a calendar. It's got some basics on there, so it's going to be worked on. It's called wisdomculturelife.com. Just like it sounds, the word wisdom, the word culture, the word life.com. People can also call me. I'm not as good with the phone. I, I encourage people to do two forms of contact just mm-hmm. because it can always be better if one doesn't go through.
0: They can find your contact information on the website.
1: Part of it. I'll give you a phone number.
0: Actually, let's let's not. I don't like putting phone numbers out on the...
1: On. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, so the... Yes. The website, and I did start a Facebook page, which I'm going to be expanding. It's not gotten much attention.
0: Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash wisdom, culture, life. And if you'd like to hear more from Leanne, you can find our 32nd podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Leanne Phillips. We are also your urban farming resource. Visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Healthy food is something that everybody wants. Delicious and nutritious and right outside your own door is even better. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or visit iwanttogarden.com. And you'll receive our free webinar about seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together.